Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Reminder, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. And you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer or Brendan Escott at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. We'll tell you that Japanese Village open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked right before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. Tell Don and his staff at uh, Japanese Village that Oiters Now sent you. We head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline and go to our Oiters Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. As we are joined by the interim chief operating officer of the Edmonton Elks, Alan Watt, who uh, I've probably I've met over 30, 30 years ago now and worked a number of years with the Edmonton Oilers with him. And he's uh, now the uh, COO on an intern basis with the Edmonton Elks. We welcome back to our show, Alan Watt. Hi, Alan. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. I don't mean to date you, but I, I, I remember listening to you call Golden Bears football yeah. on CBC Radio. Oh, man, it had to have been about 1975, out when I was living on my acreage. So uh, that's, is that's that about exactly the right time right. frame? Yeah, that's, that's exactly about the right time frame. And I have to say that my, you know, I mean, getting the opportunity to do play-by-play is every sports broadcaster's dream. And the only way you can become better at it is if you do it. And that was a that was a, a great, great learning experience with some wonderful people, including Jim Don Levy. You know, it's 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 not every head coach that would sit after practice or even before practice and spend the kind of time Jim did with me to really teach me the nuances of what I should be looking for when I was doing play-by. It was a great experience for me. I've never forgotten it. Yeah, uh, as you know, I did the Golden Bears for a number of years and still, you know, cared tremendously about that athletics program and mm-hmm. sneaked down to Claire Drake Arena, and I went out to – I got a chance to go to Footfield once this year. Alan, uh, I care about football in this city. 
Uh, I've always been a little bit perplexed why there has to, and you and me used to see each other at the junior games too. Uh, even when you were working for the Oilers, we used to see each other at the junior games. Yeah. And I, I always wondered, you know, th- does there need to be more of a strategic aligned alliance with the entire football community? We have two junior teams instead of one for this market, the Huskies and the Wildcats. You have the Golden Bears that, you know, maybe some extra, like, you ended up having two junior teams. At times they were kind of fighting over kids. And then, you know, recently with an American president and an American GM, I don't know if there was enough emphasis on the Canadian part of the Canadian Football League. That's that's my own personal assessment. But does regardless of what happens here, and you're going to educate us on what's going to go on uh, over the next several weeks, uh, hopefully for the Elks, but one of the things that has to happen is, does the football community need to be completely uh, and 100% be pulling uh, the rope in the same direction to succeed? I think so. I think you're right. And I, I, I will say this, too, that thanks to our fans and our participation in Game Day 50-50, the Edmonton Elks Football Club, and previously the Edmonton Eskimos under that name, were a, a very important part of the financial stability and sustainability of Huskies and the Wildcats, period. End of story. But to your point, it has to be more than just writing checks. Uh, that While that is very important, um, the 50-50 proceeds are divided uh, amongst our alumni and the good programming that they do, uh, the Golden Bears and the terrific program that Chris Morris is trying to build, and the Huskies and the Wildcats. I've been to every Wildcat game for the past two years. I've, I've, my knees, my legs are still thawing out from a couple of them, uh, but, and which gives you also an appreciation for what fans go through when they go to a football game in the fall. But to your point, there's always room to have a better relationship that is beyond maybe money. Uh, why are they not more involved in, in, in us on game day? Why are we not more involved in them? Uh, we need to discover those things. That's part of that's part of what the football club, this football club, is going to do to make sure that we're analyzing our our connectivity to uh, at every level, including the little kids that are. We used to have, and you know, I don't want anybody to start adjudicating our community relations based on what's been going on in the past two years because we haven't been able to do any of that. Right players in a bubble so getting back to this club has always been proud of doing 650 or more community appearances between our players our coach our alumni our cheer team and so on down the line on an annual basis and you know we've we have a great relationship with the golden bears and their football camps and we got to get back to those things we have to get back into our junior high football program which was not only a good program it was burgeoning and expanding and so we need to we need to we need to get back on that stuff along with talking to our fans in in surveys and focus groups and town halls which is all part of the strategic plan for the near future Alan Watt joining us right now is the interim COO of the Edmonton Elks. Uh, of course, last Monday as we were flying Alan to Dallas, word got out in the early morning that uh, Chris Preston, the president, Brock Sunderland, the general manager, as well as head coach Jamie Elizondo were all going to be relieved of their duties. It was a seismic shift, obviously, for your organization. Uh, what has the response been over the course of the last week? And, and did the response matter at all? Uh, you know, was it uh, partially a reaction from your fan base in terms of where their headspace was at from uh, the board perspective or how would you interpret that 
Well, I think, Bob, the, the professional sports business is about winning. And it's really easy to get mad at. You, when you don't win, you become low-hanging fruit. People can pick off all of the things that they don't like, all of the irritants, uh, all of the all of the difficulties they might. And we threw, and the world threw a lot of issues yes. uh, at our at fans this year. Uh, the ability to get into a stadium, to have to wear masks, to have to show proof of vaccination, to have to line up to show all of that, to have to have a, you know, we have a clear bag policy. Others have no bag policies. We threw a lot at our fans. Uh, everybody did. And so, uh, you know, to, to, to your back to your question, which is, uh, is all of this on, on one person? No. Uh, do we need to uh, reassure people that uh, when people talk about the game day experience, number one, what they want is is is, is to know that you're going to win. You don't have to win them all, but you got to look like you're going to. And and, <laughs> and you can't you know, go over at home. No, you can't do that. No, we set a record. It's not a very not a very enviable record. Right, Alan Watt joining us right now. Uh, you know what? In a domestic league, and the CFL is a domestic league. If you have the best domestic players, usually you win. And, Alan, when you were with the Edmonton Eskimos throughout the 70s, uh, the 1980s, and into the early 90s before you joined the Oilers, they did a lot of winning because they had the best Canadians. Now, part of that was Frankie Morris, and part of that was because there was no salary cap, and they signed away the best Canadians from teams like Saskatchewan and Hamilton back in the day. Um, We do have a salary management system. Does there need to be, from your perspective, as a guy who's now had two stints with the organization, a greater emphasis placed on procuring the best Canadian talent? I think you need every team, if they're going to be any good at competing in the Canadian Football League, needs to have not only a greater emphasis, but a great emphasis on Canadians. It is the Canadian Football League. And if you go check track records with the teams that are successful, um, and you and I can name franchises, the franchises that win in the CFL have the best Canadians. And sometimes you have to wait for your Canadians to grow a little bit. They they don't they don't always come in right. uh, like a guy that might have played four years at Michigan State. You gotta you gotta be patient with them and uh and they've gotta learn their craft perhaps even on special teams and uh that's another discussion. But your your point is extremely well taken. Uh, that the teams that are successful and win in our league uh, will have somebody that A, knows that, and B, knows how to find it and get it and bring it into your organization. And that's part of what Wally Buono is doing right now to find the the, the right general manager for our team. All right. Uh, There's two positions out there that they're looking for right now. One's a president, one's a GM. Take us through those. What's the strat, you know, sort of what are we looking at timeline-wise? Uh, you know, the Montreal Canadiens, an announcement came out yesterday. Jeff Gordon, who used to work for Glenn Sather, who you know well. Uh, Jeff mm-hmm. Gordon was relieved of his duties with the Rangers last year, in large part because of their reaction to the brawl with Tom Wilson. Uh, but yeah. he's been brought in by Montreal. But they've already stated they've got to have a friend, you know, a guy that's fluently bilingual to be the general manager of that team with Gordon being the, the president. From your perspective... Uh, would it be beneficial to a potential uh, candidate for a presidency position with the Edmonton Oaks organization if they had a bit of an Edmonton or Canadian background? Yes. And the short answer is yes. If the Montreal Canadiens have to find somebody that can speak French, I understand it. I get it. Everybody should. Um, and understand that community, understand the culture. The same thing, the the, the, the 
the profile for for the person that will be in the chief executive officer of this and the president of this team includes what you just said somebody that that either does or in short order understand us the community and what what the expectations are of this is a community owned football team we we are we're there to manage it but it's owned by by the community and so the connection and the board has stated that they stated it at the media conference last monday there has to be a greater emphasis and a greater connection on the connectivity to our to our community people need to know and feel that 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 the relevance of the team is is up there with all of the other important festivals and things that we do in this city Alan Watt joining us right now. Uh, Wally Bono, more specifically focused on the GM hunt. Is he involved in the president's hunt? He's specifically involved to be a consultant to find the next general manager. And and to your question, uh, this is a little bit unusual in that the general manager will be in place mid-December. Okay. Uh, before Christmas, and the president uh, and chief executive officer, uh, that search will continue into uh, the new year. And so, but it's 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 critical uh, for all of the things that we just talked about uh, to to not only source the right person, but get the right get him in place, him or her in place. Uh, mid-December. There's a couple guys out there that were rumored to have been offered jobs in Montreal. Sean Burke, the assistant general manager of Hamilton. Ryan Rigmaiden, who was with Winnipeg when they won the Grey Cup in 2019, spent last season uh, with BC. Again, Alan, we're kind of putting you on the spot here a bit as, as the interim COO, but in your world, would it be a prerequisite that they would have extensive CFL experience uh, already maybe in an existing general manager's position or a prior G of a team. I know people have mentioned uh, Ed Hervey's name. Somebody's. What about an Eric Tillman? I think that might be a little bit longer shot, in my opinion. Um, but anyhow, from from where you're at, it, it's pretty much fait accompli that you've got to have a fair amount of CFL experience. Is that not fair? That's very fair, and I want everybody to know that uh, the selection committee has said there are no. The, the field is wide open. Okay. We can't can't restrict ourselves going in and have somebody standing uh, automatically on the sidelines that should have been considered. So the field is wide open. It doesn't, you know, age, experience, uh, connectivity, all of that stuff is important, uh, only uh, to the point that we need to find, as I said before, the right person. And, and Wally, I'm not trying to double clutch you here, Bob, at all. Wally has said, the f- I want the field to be wide open. There's uh, some other guys out there. Danny McManus is, of course, a former quarterback with the Edmonton Eskimos. He's the American scout for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, He's in an assistant general manager's position. Uh, John uh, Murphy is with the Toronto Argos organization. He's been tied a bit to Chris Jones during the course of his career. Chris Jones is a defensive consultant. Is that the term we're using for the Argos these days? Somebody even mentioned Eric Delorier uh, to me, who's uh, the current Alouette. uh, What are they called? They call the Alouettes again? Uh, The Montreal... Assistant General Manager. Somebody <laughs> said, "What about Barker, who works on the TSN? Great guy uh, that worked those years with Calgary and had some success in Toronto." Brandon Tamman as well. So there's lots of names out there, and you envi- you do envision that Alan, this will all get jo- done here by the middle of December. You guys will have a GM in place for the Edmonton Elks. Yes. Okay. Good. Yep. Good to know. Any concern? Like, okay, every we lost two years. You guys had a tough year this year. Mm-hmm. 
from a branding perspective, how long is it? You went back to the Elks, what, eight or nine years ago in a consultant role? Yes. Okay. Concerned a bit for the long-term viability of the CFL, the the Canadian aspect that maybe we're going to get to a point here where they have to partner with the National Football League. Can you retain that sort of Canadian heritage to the game, or, or you know, do you become a de facto farm team because it's not the same. It's not the same league. The NFL, by the way, has really opened up the offense. They protect the quarterbacks. You're not allowed to play like the '74 Steelers uh, in the secondary anymore. Um, any concern about long-term viability for the Canadian Football League, Al? You know, Bob, I'm, I'm going to say this. that uh, I, Anna Stukas, uh, the great original Edmonton Eskimo coach back in 1949, once stood up and said that he's been involved in the Canadian Football League for 40 years, and it's been going to fold next Thursday, every one of those 40 years. And there's something about the fact that the Canadian Football League always finds a way through they always seem to find enough community impetus, whether it's a private owner or in Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and Edmonton community ownership, to uh, to fight our way through it. And if Randy, I, the questions that you've asked me are really Randy Ambrosi questions, and not mine to answer, except to say that um, becoming uh, NFL light is is I don't believe. Uh, something that the league is, is, is engaged. Randy would, would be able to answer that question, and I'm pretty sure he would answer it in, in no uncertain terms. Alan, I would like nothing more than for the Edmonton Elks to get back to those halcyon days of the Edmonton Eskimos of the late 70s and early 80s in Commonwealth Stadium. I was like a 15 or 16-year-old kid. <laughs> I was a season ticket holder. I worked a summer job so I could have season tickets. There was like 55, 56,000 fans at the games. I know that's a dream scenario, but never say never. And sometimes you got to no, You're right. Never say never. That Those things are, are some what possible again i will say this too that you and i can probably name half the defense and half the offense on those teams but today with the way the players associations and the way leagues operate yep. free agency uh, you know would would gets in the way and and god bless them i the players uh they they have the ability now to to uh, seek more money because most of the contracts that players have are one-year deals. Well, uh, in in our, the days you're talking about, 90% of the players were seeking multiple-year deals because they wanted to be here because the stadium was full, the facilities were great, the people were great, and they wanted to be here. We have terrific facilities in Edmonton. The salary cap is the salary cap. The non-player salary cap is the salary cap. So we are in the position of going and trying and seeking the right people to work in great facilities in what is still a great sports town. Uh, David Boone, Ron Estee, York Henschel, Dr. Death, David Fennell, and a couple of those guys are no longer with us. Uh, Dan Kepley, Tom Towns, Dale Potter at linebacker, uh, Pete Lavaretto, Emilio Frietta at safety, Greg Butler, Ed Not-Too-Tall Jones, Larry Highbaugh, and Joe Holloman. How's that? I named the entire defense. You just man. named it. Yeah, yeah, you just right? named it. Love it, man. <laughs> One more for you. Just uh, you, you brought up something there at the end, and the listeners maybe need to be aware of this, Alan. There is a salary... Some people say, well, there's no salary cap on R&D, research and development. There actually is in the Canadian yes. Football League. Do you envision the general manager hiring a Canadian scout to help complement uh, him? Uh, for Because you had one before, and I don't yeah. know. Did your club have one this past year? 
Not a spe- not specifically, I don't believe that. But I, I can't speak for the general manager. He gets the same money everybody else gets, okay. and it's up to him to formulate and form the staff and the administration staff and the support staff right from ground up to the head coach. Okay, and Sunderland got a two-year extension, so that's going to get weighed out over the next four or five years in that in that sort of non-player salary cap. That's how you can kind of divert some of the money to other years in order to create a little bit more flexibility for yourself. Is that right? That's true. All right. Yes. Alan, let's stay in touch, okay? I wish you the best of luck with things. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate this. Yeah, thank you. You bet. That is the interim chief operating officer of the Edmonton Elks, Alan Watt, joining us. It's 125 uh, in Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll get back to some of your texts here. It's going to be, it's going to be, a, Brendan, I, I know you worked a lot of the games. Um, I did not watch it as clo- I, closely this year as maybe as I have in the past. I still keep an eye on uh, on uh, the U-Sport football. I know that Saskatchewan's going to play in the Vanier Cup. I think they're playing against... They beat Montreal, Machocha's old school. I think they're going to play against Western, against uh, the Mustangs. That's that's like a re- Those guys have met before. But uh, what do you think? Can they get her turned around here in the next couple of years? Yeah, I would hope so. Again, I say the amount of turnover in the league, its I think that they could probably get enough fresh faces in here to make something happen quick. Starts with the Canadians. It's 126 in Edmonton. We'll get to some of your texts and return on Oilers now after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Fletch from Calgary is Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 127. Fletch says, Bob, uh, Edmonton's my hometown. I remember when the players in the Husky and the Wildcats worked as ushers at uh, the Edmonton Eskimos games. Great visibility for both teams and part of the community. Uh, look, I'll, uh, I think you got a Canadian football league, Canadian. Uh, I hope there's some former Edmonton Eskimo alumni. I guess now we're calling the team the Elks. Um, that would be intrigued to get involved, I think, in a perfect world. Maybe you definitely got to have an Edmonton, you know what? An Edmonton connection connection to uh, the process for the presidency for me. That's an automatic. I, does it have to be a former Eskimo player? I think that might help. But just get the right guy and let's get back after it. Understand where you got to place an emphasis. And it helps by not being dismissive of Canadian players in the Canadian Football League, but going out and getting the best ones and drafting and developing them. It's remarkable how that works in sports. I mean, even for the New York Yankees, circa 96 to 2001, the core of that team was not acquired through free agency. The richest team in baseball at that time, it was through their own players. I mean, the Cardinals are always in the mix in baseball because they can draft and develop. Many of you think the Oilers are for real right now. And part of it is because we're now seeing the progression with Bouchard and Broberg on defense and McLeod up front and Yamamoto and Pogliarvi. Yeah, they've got McDavid. The Oilers had seven first-round picks that were their own in the lineup against Vegas the other night. Vegas doesn't have any. Vegas got a good team. They traded for that team to be good right away. Uh, it was good hearing from Alan Watt. We'll have him on a couple more times here over the course of the next four or five months. Uh, you already know that cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, but did you know that Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin are 10-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction? What does it mean? It means treating people fairly, fully transparent negotiations, making sure advertises prices include all accessories, fees, and taxes. If those attributes are important to you, phone our friends Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang. one 877 
877-736-73 or visit brentridge.com. We'll get to the orders now. Injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers at 145 after interview today with Jake Neighbors after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.